0: Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. Today I'm going to speak. Hopefully it will resonate with some of you. But we're going to read the scripture and then we are going to get into it. I'm reading from the book of 2 Kings. Book of Second Kings. In chapter 5 from verse 9, it says this. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to, to say to him, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand And call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the spot. So, in other words, I just thought Elisha would come out and go, In Jesus' name be healed. So, I thought he would would come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the spot, and cure me of my leprosy. May God bless the reading of his word. You know, recently, at the beginning of this year, other than moving to very beautiful and cold England, one of the things that I determined in my heart was I was going to challenge myself to do some different things. You know, how many of you set New Year's goals? Anyone set some goals for themselves? Not resolutions, goals, you know. You're like, I want to be different this year. I'm going to eat plants for the rest of my life. It's going to be awesome and and it's fantastic. And one of the goals I set for myself this year was that I wanted to try new things, right? So I'm trying new things because, you know, I'm an explorer. So, I thought, I'm gonna try uh, uh, Pilates. <laughs> Sally Abel, whoa. <laughs> I'm gonna try Pilates. I thought, you know what? This is, this is the year when I just man up, right? And go and try Pilates, okay? So if you don't know what Pilates is basically, it's a fancy language for stretch classes, right? That's, that's what it is. You know, they, they make you pay money. This is number one. They make you pay money to attend this thing where they induce pain and tell you it's good for you. And I'm that sucker who paid, right? So I was like, you know what, babe, I'm going to do this this year. Beginning of the year, I'm going to sign up for Pilates. So it's basically, this, this is literally how it is. It's not even amazing. You walk in to this room and they've got these these mats lined up in this gymnasium. And then you, you get a mat, so you pick a spot. And then, you know, there's always that nervous tension where everyone's quiet, pretending like they know what they're doing. None of us know why we're here. None of us, I mean, we all just don't like the fact that we're here at 6.30 in the morning. But we're here. So... There I am, and there's always an instructor at the front of the room uh, of the class, and, and, you know, she she sounds something like this. Um, She'll go, hello, everybody. Um, (laughs) Welcome. It's so good to see you all. I just hope you've had a very great week. Uh, She does not sound like that. She sounds like that to me. But anyway, she stands in front of the class, and she welcomes you in. And then she says, oh, hey, it's good to see you. Then she, she, she says something... Very, very, very important at the beginning of each, each class. She says, does anyone have any injuries that I need to know about? She says, does anyone have any injuries that I need to know about? And usually because, you know, your boy, <laughs> I don't even stress about that question. You know, it's one of God's gifts. So I'm usually like, oh, she's wasting our time. Let's get to it. Come on. No, I'm lying. But this time around, I, I was that one guy going, Oh, actually, yeah. You know, I raised my hand. I said, Yeah, I, I've, I've got something to report. She comes up to me and she says, Oh, well, are you okay? What seems to be the injury? What seems to be the issue? So I say to her, I'm glad you've asked because uh, I've recently strained my QL, right? Which is short from, for quadratus lumborum. You know, your boy spent hours Googling how to pronounce that. I was in the mirror, quadratus lumborum, quadratus lumborum. Quadratus. Basically, we'll just call it the QL for short. And, and, and she knows this language. So it's basic. if you say, oh, what's that? It's a long response, but the short answer is it's a muscle in your lower back. Okay. So it's right here. Does everyone see that? Yeah. So, so I said to her, I've recently strained this because, you know, whatever. And then she says, oh, well, great. Thanks for letting me know. Really appreciate that. she says this i hope you haven't stopped moving or exercising because this is her speaking to me because most people assume that when you're hurt or when you've got an injury the thing that you need to do is stop exercising and you withdraw entirely how many of you know if god can use a donkey he will use an exercise class to put something in your spirit genuine as she's speaking i stopped hearing what she was saying and it hit me like a ton of bricks right here boom when you stop moving and you stop exercising she says you actually don't recover properly wow. she says i really hope you haven't stopped moving and you know i might have lied but because i didn't want to let her down she looked at me with these eyes like i hope and i was like oh, i really i kind of you know come on man why are you putting this pressure on me but she says this, she says this, especially for your QL, for this part of your lower, lower, lower back, because it's actually controlled. This is, listen, I'm not a physio, so I had to really research this, but she says it's actually controlled by your core. So you actually need to work your core muscle to strengthen the, the hurt place. So she says there are exercises that you can do within a certain range. What does that mean? Certain range? It means if I could, if I couldn't do that, right? There's some things I can do between here and there that are not necessarily painful but they strengthen me to the place that I need to get back there does that make sense hit me like a ton of bricks says whatever you do Mike you have to keep moving so in the story that we've just read about Naaman he's an important man in society He is an army uh, general. He's a commander of an army. He has people that are running left, right, and center trying to please him and make sure that he's got everything he needs. But the challenge with this important man in society is that he has actually got a disease. He's a leper. And thank God now with technology and medicine, we we, we don't have as much of a challenge. I'm not saying it's not a challenge, but not, not as much of a challenge with that disease because it can be cured, especially if they catch it early. But back then, they didn't have a cure for leprosy. So when you had leprosy, I mean, look, don't Google it. That's another thing. Don't do it. It's not a great skin disease. You couldn't get cured. It was a sentence, basically, to just die in in, in in obscurity. But he's in the house one day, and a servant, a servant, the Bible tells us, it doesn't tell us the name, it's a servant girl who comes to Naaman's wife and says, hey, listen, Tell this man that there's a pastor, there's a prophet, there's a man of God named Elisha who can kill him of his disease. So Naaman sets off and he gets to Elisha's house where we've just read. He gets to the house and he says to Elisha, yo, I'm here. Come out and do your thing. Now the Bible tells us that Naaman was absolutely upset. How do we know he was upset? It tells us that. Because this is what he was expecting. He was expecting Elisha to come out to me, stand and call on the name of the Lord, his God. Wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. In other words, Naaman was expecting to be healed of the injury, if we can call it that, without lifting a finger. He wanted to to be healed, but he didn't want to move. He wanted the change in his life, but he didn't want to do anything about it. He wanted to be a a fully whole, complete human being, but he just wanted the quick, the easy way out. I don't know if it sounds familiar. It's like me in my exercise class. I just wanted the result, but I didn't want to put in the work if we can just imagine for a moment, this is a giant, welcome to the giant spiritual exercise class and the instructor stands here week in, week out and he says, does anybody have any injuries? It doesn't sound like that. It just comes to me, I don't know, pray for me. But he stands here and then he says, does anybody have any injuries that I need to be aware about, that I need to know about? Firstly, if we were to do that, I wonder how many people would even raise their hands. I wonder how many people even admit that they need help. Secondly, I wonder what kind of injuries, uh, or what kind of issues we would find. Thirdly, I wonder how long we have been dealing with those issues. Some of you have been injured all your life. Some of you have been injured, injured for 10, 20, 30 years and you just won't, don't have the courage to say, hey, I actually am that guy. but I need to move in order to strengthen that muscle. The Bible tells us that we listen, we do serve a God of miracles, but he also requires you to move and do something about your condition. We serve a God who is able to wave his hand quite literally because we've seen him do that. But at the same time, if you're going to grow to become what God needs you to become, we serve a God who requires you to do something. That's the reality of it. Some of us are stuck in the hope that God will simply wave his hand. Problem is, you're going to be stuck for a long time. That's the reality of it. You know, you know, let's be honest guys, it's it's far much easier that way. We'd all love that, wouldn't we? It's far much easier that way. Well, Mike, what if I don't have an injury and actually I'm just walking in faith and I love Jesus and everything's okay in my life. In fact, look at me and my picture-perfect family. We just put a white picket fence in yesterday. My husband just painted it. He's a man of God. He's absolutely the best thing in the world. Well, you know what? I'm happy for you. I really am. And you crack on and God bless you. But I really need to talk to some people who are trying to work on their lives and get a bit better and make some progress in their lives. Simple as that. So how do, how do I know? How do I know? Quick test, because this is important. We're in the classroom today. How do I know if I'm carrying an injury, a hurt, or a weakness? How do I know? It's a very simple test. Can you do everything that you used to be able to do? In other words, can you move about freely? Or, if I touch that spot, look at somebody and say, that spot. That spot. Oh, no, 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 say it like you mean it. Look at somebody else and say, that spot. If I touch that spot, do you wince a little bit? Do you wince a little bit? Do you know what I'm saying? Do you wince a little <laughs> I know because I'm going there. Because if you wince just a little bit, even 2%, you're carrying a little bit of something. Do you know, do you know something? Let me tell you something. Whether you like it or not, we all have that spot. And we don't like, listen, we don't like the pastor, I'm not even, listen to me, we don't even like the pastor, I don't, listen. Some of you from the car park, we don't even like to be looked in a certain way, because it might just trigger that spot. There's some of us in the atrium, I've seen it because I've been here for 14 months or two a day. Some of you have been in the atrium, you don't even want to be served in a certain way, because it just triggers that spot. Sometimes we don't even have to look at that spot. The pastor just needs to say, hey guys, we just need to come today and let's give to God. Hey. Then we've touched you already. That spot just, it's like a. You know what it is? You don't even, you know when you wince, you don't it's it's a natural re- reaction to something. So it's not even like you're trying or you're pretending. You can fight it, but when I touch that spot, it's just, you know, if you if you if you are, let me just go there. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go there. If you are how do I say this? If you're a European in the room, you know, your response to being touched in that spot is, ouch. Right? <laughs> can I get an amen? All the Europeans are like, of course, old chap, come on. <laughs> ah. Excellent, excellent. It's exceptional. Let me talk to you from an African perspective. <laughs> I can because I'm from Africa. In Africa, there, there's you know, and it's actually helped me because there's some things you can't articulate in words. Now, when we grew up, <laughs> let me just explain. I'm gonna do this. I've got time as well. Let's just rest here for a minute. When we grew up, you know, I, it's a new thing. My wife and I are discussing this because if we're to have children here, there's this issue re how you handle the child. And look, I get it. It's different laws. But yeah, but I want to say this in my household. Purely because, listen, I'm Billy and Julia's son. Now, what you must understand about Julia? God bless that woman. But what you must understand about Julia, she's managing four children, so she's running the household as one does, like a tight ship. So if you step, just on the other side of Julia, my sister on this side, just she heard what I was saying, cause she just went, ooh. As an African individual, what happens is when you're touched in that spot, you don't even, you don't even say words, you just go, eh. <laughs> it just hit. it's eh. Cause there's no explanation for it it's like i'm in pain what is this and you're saying mom you hate you you know it's like mommy i want to go to my room there's no time for going to your room Julia's dealing with you right now because she's got that's the truth it's actually hilarious i love that woman though heck i was actually talking to her yesterday uh, god bless her it's like mom come on there's an easier way to resolve this issue if you and i talk about this we can figure no she didn't want to talk but it's that thing that when you're touched, it just makes you go, eh. Because now all of a sudden the pastor's in your business. He's saying, Oh, you gotta deal with some offense in your heart, and you're going, eh? Wow. You gotta give a little bit more to 10% to God. Eh wow. if you got offense in your heart, eh? if it makes you wince, if it makes you shuffle in your chair just a little bit, let me tell you something, you're carrying something wow. that you need to resolve. And the the thing is, the sooner the better, because God wants you to become everything that He is calling you to become. (laughs) You know, this is the painful thing. And look, I'm preaching to myself here because it made me realize oh, I've got so many things that I'm eh -eh about. But you know, there's so many things that we've in our lives, just because we can move 95% of our bodies, we're okay with living with a 5% issue but here's the thing when Jesus died on the cross he didn't come to give you 95% life he said I have come that you may have life and life in abundance so when it's life in abundance it doesn't it doesn't mean that you're whole no there's a little bit extra there you're more than whole in order to give and to share with somebody else that's the fact God didn't come to give you 95% salvation he didn't come to give you 95% wholeness he came to give you 100% But you know, the thing that really hurts me is that if you're 95% and you think, I can live with the 5%, then we convert the 5% into, that's just who I am. We convert it into, oh, that's just my personality. I I'm an Enneagram 60. I don't even know what that is. They love Enneagrams. Yeah, that's another thing. They love it. I don't know what an Enneagram is. I know it's a thing that you press on the computer. You know what I'm talking about, those tests. It's like, oh, yeah, 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 thank you. Jesse, But it's like those things, what we do is we can't figure out the 5% so we just lump it into that's who I am. How many of you are hiding your hurt and your weakness behind that's just who I am? There's so many that's just who I am's that are covering up people's destinies. Some of you, that's just who I am is blocking the thing that you've been praying for for so long. Because God's saying, on route to your healing, there's a that's just who I am that's in the way. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I need to call uh, person X and resolve my issue, but you know, ha, I don't need to do that because that's just who I am. Wow. My personality doesn't lean that way. Wow. But will you allow that's just who I am to stand in the place of what God's got for you? I, I, I refuse to believe that God wants you to settle for that's just who I am. When you know for a fact, it's just a little bit of eh, eh from now and again. I'm not saying all the time, but I'm saying there's some eh-ehs, just sometimes. We have Christians who are saved, but they're not whole. We, we, we have people who love Jesus, but they don't have peace. If you're going to work from being a Christian who is carrying some stuff, who's got some injury, who's got some weakness that you need to work on, look at your neighbor and repeat after me, you need to work your weakness. You need to work your weakness. So what is that? It means I look just as the instructor was helping me at the affected area. Say my QL is the affected area, but what's the solution? In order to strengthen my QL, she's given me some core exercises to assist the strengthening of my QL. So that means I am working my weakness. If I, I, I wake up in the morning and it doesn't feel good, it doesn't feel right, it's horrendous to wake up right now, it's so cold, and I'm wo- but I have to work my weakness. I have to work the thing that is affecting me because... It, That's not going to get strong just by waving on. I have actually got to work the weakness. So what weakness do I have? Do you have? Do we have as a congregation that we need to look at? And let's attack that thing. Work your weakness. Look at your neighbor and say, work your weakness. Work your weakness. That's the only way it's going to be strengthened. So if she says to me you, you, I, you in order to get back that range Mike there's some things you need to do right here then do you know what this is where I'm going to live this is where I'm live I'm going to live here until it's resolved I'm going to live here until maybe on day 1 it was a bit painful but you know what day 3 I can get there day 30 it's a bit free day 65 I'm 85% there day 200 I can work my weakness in order to gain my range back some of us need to work our way weakness work your weakness and you know what you don't have to look far because you're thinking about it right now I've got to work my weakness it's uncomfortable it's annoying it's long work your weakness that was for the kids by the way but they think I'm old so they didn't respond I appreciate it, guys. (laughs) How do I work my weakness? Let's go into some practical things. Step number one, I confront it. All right, I confront it. This, I've written this down, this is the hardest part. This is literally the hardest part out of everything else I'm going to say today. It's the hardest part. It's actually 90% of the work. Because pretending your weak area doesn't exist doesn't make it go away. Ignoring your weakness doesn't make it go away. Because the reality is I, can, I cannot change the things that I am unwilling to confront. That's the reality. So as long as I don't want to confront these things, they're going to remain with me forever. Not till I'm 44, not till I'm old, no, no, Forever. When Jesus is in the temple, he's in the temple, and and it should come up there. It's in Mark chapter 3, verse 5. He's in the temple, and, and he says to the guys, hey, he calls one man out of the room. And he actually says to him, the Bible says this, you should go read it. He made this man stand in the middle of the room. So he was bringing this issue right into the spotlight. And then, he, you know, Jesus eh, he takes his time. This man was never rushed. Because he makes him stand in the middle of the room. Then he goes, right, everybody. <laughs> I'd be so nervous. I'm like, come on, bro. What are you doing? Look like that. No, right, everybody. What's the right thing to do? Shall we make, shall we heal this man on this day, the Sabbath? I'd be so upset. Like, Lord, come on, bro. You could have done this on the side here, side of stage. You want, the, shall we heal him or what is the right thing? Like, don't get into theological debates, bro. It's either we're doing this or we're not. But Jesus took his time, right? Because he wanted to emphasize a point. We're confronting this thing that we have here. And that thing actually wasn't the disease. No, it was the religion. We're going to confront religion. That's why I'm taking my time to get to the healing process. Because the healing bits, that's quick. It's the religion that I have to deal with. It's the religious mindset. So you're going to stand in the middle of the room. And I'm going to ask these people, hey, what's the right thing to do here? As he said that, the Pharisees were going, eh, eh, Because now he's touching us on the thing that we don't want to talk about on our religion. So he's confronting it now. He's looking at the beast face on. And he's saying, what are we going to do about this issue? Confront it. And the Bible says this. The Bible says this. They all get into an argument. Then Jesus says, you know what? Now you've made me angry. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to heal this man. Hey, buddy, now stretch out your hand. And the Bible says, as he stretches it out, it is It was instantly healed. The instant healing doesn't come without confrontation. You can't work a weakness that you're not willing to admit that you have. In order to work it, you've got to confront it. He's teaching this man how to work his weakness. I need to confront this thing. That's the hardest part. That's 90% of the heavy lifting right there. That's 90% of the heavy lifting. When I choose comfort, my comfort over confrontation, I'm choosing to live with hurt over healing. Simple as that. When I choose my comfort over confronting the thing that's bothering me, I am choosing a life of hurt than healing. You know, it's so funny to me because I get it. Confronting something is, is is difficult, but I sometimes think it's the thought of confronting something that's difficult. You know, have you ever obsessed about the need to do something or the need to talk to somebody, and you obsess so much of it about it in your mind that by the time you get to it, you're so you're actually just tired, bro. You need a nap before you speak because you're just like, I not I called you, but bro, I'm actually just tired. But I found that every time I obsessed over something. If I just done it there and then it goes by so quickly and you think what was that about what was actually that about that is I don't know what what the stress was it's just a phone call it's a text it's a it, it's an act of kindness it's quick and before you know it you're like oh I, th- I think I'm healing a little bit is this helping anybody yeah. Very good. Very good. work your weakness look at somebody say work your weakness The second thing I would recommend is I get a trainer. Number two, I get a trainer, a coach. It's fancy language for help. I get some help. You know, there's some injuries, there's some issues in your life, church, that you were not built to deal with alone. Listen to me carefully. No matter how long you've been on the journey for, there's some things that you must just never, never do alone. There's some issues God doesn't want you to face alone. That's why church is set up the way it is. It literally means you cannot breathe without anyone else in church knowing it. It's not because we wanna be in your business, no. It's because we know that in order to do this life well, you need this community. We know that we wanna be there, not just for the good times. Hey, listen, I want to praise with you when you get your house. I wanna praise with you when you get your car. But I also wanna mourn with you when things are not going well. I need a community in order to make this work. Get some help. Genuinely, I'm saying that. And I'm not just saying that in a condescending way. I'm saying that because I am the worst at doing this. My energy is, yo, okay, if they're not going to do it, I'm just going to do it myself. That's not biblical. That's not godly. I'm not saying don't lift things by, yeah, you can do something. But God even says, hey, listen, sometimes you're going to need the helper, the Holy Spirit. He's here to help you. He understands you can't do it alone. You need to get some help. And that's why you need some leaders in your life who are going to say, hey, don't do that. Why? Because it's not good for you. How do we know they're going to say that? Because I'm one of them. Going, hey man, don't do that. Oh no, you've done that. Okay, we still love you though. Now let's help you out of this situation and let's figure out a way out. Can I say something to you guys? Some of our problems would be so much easier if we just got some people to speak into them. That's a fact. That's the truth. You know what I mean? Some, I mean, conversations I've had and I'm like, can I, I? as somebody's speaking to me, I'm thinking, who have you even asked about this? This sounds crazy. Not because I am like intelligent or because I'm just like the spirit of discernment in me. They're alarm bells just firing left, right and center. Get some help. And can I be honest with you? This is also not easy. Do you know why? Because sometimes the roots to, what, to, to the healing process, we're not always going to agree with the physiotherapy. That's the truth. I'm saying it. No one likes it. Neither do I. I'm trying to say this quick so I can go home. So that you don't kill me afterwards. It's like you said something. Come here. No, no. Straight through the door. In the car. Babe, you're running behind the car. Let's go. Because, because here's the thing. God wants you to have the best, you, you, we want, you know, God wants to set you up for everything that you need. But he wants such that you don't have to do it alone. You see, Naaman, if you continue to read 2 Kings chapter 5, if you read beyond verse 11, he got upset, right, in verse 11. Then in, in, in verse 12, his own people stopped him and said, excuse me, sir. I know you don't want to do this because apparently the River Jordan is not clean, it's not the best river. Because Naaman started listing the other nice rivers that at least you could have recommended, like the posher places. Because like I'm posh, do you know what I mean? Like, if 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 you're gonna ask me to dump to, to dump myself in this water, you know, at least tell me to go David Lloyd, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> don't be saying, oh yeah, mate, we've got this place here no tell me david lord or like at the you know what i mean at the very least like the hilton hotel has a a bath pool or something and then and then his servants were like but lord i thought my lord i thought we you wanted to get healed i thought you wanted to get better do you want to get better or not yeah i i do so what's the problem Yeah, let me say this. You know, some of us are screaming, oh Lord, you know, won't you just send us some leaders in my life who can speak into my life. I need a mentor. Like, I want someone to mentor me. That's great. The problem is, there's so many mentors in this room who could do an exceptional job. But you don't want to be mentored because you want to be mentored the way you want to be mentored. I'll leave it there. <laughs> no, because we were going, I, uh-uh, and we were going there. <laughs> but I'll leave it there. But the trouble is, Naaman, you cannot be the doctor and the patient at the same time. You can't write your own prescriptions. It's illegal. If you're a doctor in this room and you write your own prescriptions, uh -uh, I'm going to tell on you, to the authorities, it's illegal. There's a reason they do that. Because when you're ill and even if you know the condition, As a doctor, what's wrong with you? Your mind is not functioning at its optimum such that you are able to be able to do it. There's some things that you may not have spotted that another external eye could have spotted. Can I say this to you? Some of you need to pull aside. Listen, we've got some good elders in the house of God. Do you know what I'm saying? Mark Ritchie is preaching next week. Pull him to the side and say, Pastor Mark, please just help me. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Andy Dickens here. David Gill's here. Great... These are men of God. These are generals. Do you know what I mean? We've got some generals in the house. Personally, I'm like, I want to be as close under the armpit as I can because, and Deacon's tall as well. So I want to be as close. Why? Because there's protection there. It's because I'm safe. As I know, if the enemy's trying to come for me, he's got to go through this guy. I know his prayers are covering not just him and his family, they're covering me as well. So, so, so it's, 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 maybe it's uncomfortable, but the truth is, it's for your benefit. I would rather be somebody who's getting help and it's uh uh-uh, uh, but at the end of the uh uh-uh, uh, I am a whole human being. I'm a whole human being. You got to stay close. How much do you want to get better? ask a question look at someone and say get some help get some help not in a rude way just get some hey mate you know, it, listen it doesn't have to be a big thing it doesn't have to be a big deal it could be as small as oh mate you know what I'm just I'm just thinking of buying this car here I know nothing about cars do you, do you want to just advise me on this thing it could be that small or it could be as big as hey we're thinking of moving my kids' school. What do you think about that school? It just helps. Genuinely, it just helps. Okay, it helps me anyway. <laughs> it helps Amy and I. That's all I'm going to say. Number three, learn from your old injuries. The devil loves a Christian who has a recurring injury. I don't know if you... you, you, you maybe, let me speak to myself here, Mike. Let's turn the screen here. But... There's just some injuries where you're like, but bro, I thought you were hurt. <laughs> Last week, you would complain about the injury. I thought we resolved this thing. Then this week, we're back again. Then we resolve it. Then three weeks from now, we're here at this injury again. It's a recurring injury. It's a rec- do you know what, what the problem with a recurring injury is? We're not learning from our old injury. How do we get here in the first place? <laughs> Have you ever been in a situation and think to yourself, hey, listen, how did this happen? And also, what should I have done to avoid this? Because if I can avoid this in the next time, it shows that I'm making progress. Because if you're going to just be the kind of person that's going in a loop, dealing with the same thing, week in, week out, year in, year out, we're praying over the same thing. And listen, I know there's some things that take a bit longer than others. I'm not insensitive to that. But I'm also saying there's some decisions you can make to avoid that. So learn from your old injuries. <laughs> if, he, if you were doing something, an activity or, or whatever, then learn from that. Have some wisdom. That's all I'm saying. Stop and think, okay, I was here last time. What happened? How can I rectify the situation? Who can I bring on the journey with me so that we don't, they can cry, hey, watch out before we get there. We need to learn from our old injuries. Just learn from it so I don't repeat it. Now, since this lady's helped me, I'm very aware of the exercises she's given me. And I'm very aware of certain lifting techniques because I want to learn from my experience. And that's all it is. This is not, however, (laughs) a license to then pull away from the things of God. Because, well, you know what Mike said, right? I gave this guy this thing. He was ungrateful. No more giving for me. I'm just learning from my old in- No, there's 6.99999 billion other people in the world who would be grateful. So maybe let's just give to somebody different. Wow. <laughs> Simple as that. It's just using wisdom. It doesn't mean, nah, I, oh, well, you know, I, I used to serve, but <laughs> Mike said I should learn. And uh, that one guy looked at me funny on that team. So that's it from me. Wh- no, it just means go up to him and say, hey, bro, why'd you look at me funny? <laughs> Do you know what I'm trying to say? It's not a license to withdraw. It's a license to engage with a little bit more wisdom. Just learn from my old injuries. Is this helping anybody? And number four, the band can come up. This is an interesting one. Simple but also interesting. Number four, keep showing up. Keep showing up. You see, church is good on, Monday, uh, on, on Sunday. It's great today. We're all here. We're looking our best. We've done our hair. It's amazing. But what about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday? You see, I come here to this big class where we're working on some things in our lives together. But the truth is, in my private life, I need to keep showing up for exercise. Exercise. I need to keep showing up for practice. I can't do something on a Sunday and expect that one session to heal everything. I've got to make sure that on Monday, I keep showing up for training. When nobody's watching me, I keep showing up on Tuesday. When no one's there to affirm me, I keep working my area of weakness on a Thursday and on a Friday and on a Saturday. Why? Because there is a, there is a, a plan that God set out for you and there's no point in you in almost completing it. You know, Naaman was told, go and dip yourself in the Jordan River. How many times? Seven times. What what would have happened if Naaman had gone one, two, three, four, five. Okay, I'm done. It should be ready now. He would have had an almost miracle. I wonder how many almost miracles do we have because we've stopped at week four. When God is intending for you to go to week seven. How many almost miracles do you have when God's saying, keep going? I know it's six months, but keep believing. Because in month number seven, there's a blessing around the corner. Keep showing up. When no one's there to affirm you, when it's painful, keep showing up. When you question yourself, why am I here at five in the morning? Let me tell you something. Keep showing up. Because he's got a plan for you. He's put you on a healing growth path and he wants you to complete it. Some of you are going, oh Lord, I, I, where, where is that thing? And can I ask you this? We've got, you know, my, my biggest frustration is that in my own life, I've started so many things, I've never seen them to completion. And how many of those things were my miracle? How many of those things that I should have been doing were the thing that i had been hoping for? Can I encourage you church, keep showing up. Keep showing up when nobody else will. Keeping faithful when no one else is. Because if you want your healing, if you really want to be whole, I've got to keep showing up. So, Naaman, you've got to go six, seven. And can you imagine him coming out the water at number seven and looking at himself and thinking, Lord, if I had stopped at number six, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Jesus says in Luke chapter 11, verse five, he says, imagine what would happen if you went to a friend in the middle of the night and said, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. An old friend traveling through just showed up and I don't have a thing on hand middle of the night. The friend answers from his bed, classic. Doesn't even get up. He answers from the bedroom. Don't bother me, the door's locked. My children are all down for the night. I can't get up to give you anything. Well, then just let me get it myself anyway. But let me tell you, even if he won't get up because he's a friend. The Bible says this. Listen to what I'm saying. If you stand your ground, that's in the Bible. If you stand your ground, knocking and waking all the neighbors, he's finally get, he'll finally get up and give you whatever you need. Here's what I'm saying. These are the words of Jesus. Here's what I'm saying. Ask and you'll get it. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will open. But what do you need to do? I need to stand my ground. I need to wake the neighborhood with my prayers. I need to say, Lord, I'm not letting go. I'm going to keep showing up when it's difficult. I'm going to keep showing up when it's hard. You told me if I kept on going, I would get it. If I kept on going, I would get it. If I kept on knocking, if I stormed heaven with my prayers, I would get it. Look at somebody say, keep showing up. Keep showing up. Keep showing up. Lord, I don't ever want to be the kind of Christian who almost got his miracle. Who almost walked into his destiny because I wouldn't deal with an old injury. And I wouldn't deal with the fact that I need to keep turning up for work. You know, as I was preparing this message, I thought to myself, why does the Lord do this kind of thing? Why does he need me to do all this work? Why can't he just wave his hand? why why can't it just be so easy? Why can't it be so simple? Well, the answer is very simple. Why does God do anything? To grow you. Everything he does is to grow you. When he gives you a blessing, it's to grow you. When When he needs you to put in some work, it's also to grow you. Because on this journey of faith, friends, we need to learn some things along the way. The thing that distinguishes us, uh, that makes us uh, distinguished or separate from when we first came to the Lord to where we are now is is our progress that we've made. It's the fact that we've learned some things along the journey. Keep showing up. Keep showing up. Lord, I thank you, Holy Spirit that your desire is to make us whole. We, your, your desire isn't for us to live with 95% wholeness. You no, know, no, you come to so we may have life and life in abundance. Yeah. I pray in this moment, Holy Spirit, help every single one of us. Whatever we're dealing with, help us. Whether we need to, to, to do one of those four things, whether we need to do all four of those things. Maybe I need to confront it. Maybe I need to uh, get some help. Maybe, Lord, you just need me to learn from my old mistakes or or, or simple as this, maybe you just need me to keep showing up. I pray that you would help me. Help us today, Lord Jesus. Help us today. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.